You're listening to the CXMH Podcast. CXMH is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health. Hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Robert Bohr, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Dr. Holly Oxhandler. Holly, it is 2019. How are you doing? (laughs) Hello, I am doing so well. Welcome, welcome, 2019. Feels so good to be on this side of this new year. So, yeah. 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 What uh, big changes have happened for you in the past, I guess, month-ish that we haven't released a show? <laughs> um, oh, gosh, big changes. I don't, I don't know. We haven't, no, no big changes. Just, no, actually, I do. I, have, I do have some little, well, subtle changes, slight changes. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> not big changes. They feel big for me. But the break over the holiday was, it's always so good to get that break just to like pause and be still and get some time to reflect and just be present with my kiddos and my husband. And um, one of the things I realized is um, just, I just really realized how much I, you know, have been checking my phone and my email. Um, And so one of the things that I have done, which again, it may seem like a small change, but for me, it's big. I have taken email off my phone and I've taken Safari off Mm. my phone and it has been so good just to get a little bit of a break from some of these instant connection spaces. So yeah. 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 So anyway, so that, that's, I guess a little big update for me, but Yeah. yeah. What about you? What's been going on for you and Brooke and Gray? Uh, I mean, kind of like you, I guess no real big changes. I mean, you know, kind of slowed down for the holidays, slowed down-ish, I guess, uh, for the holidays and everything. And then now the part of the reason that we gave ourselves a couple weeks into January to start putting shows back out is to be able to get back in the swing of things, right, for both of us and, and everything like that to make sure that we actually had some time to step away from actually doing anything for the show, not just releasing them because there's work we do in between. So that's been yeah. good just stepping back and and not thinking about it for a bit is always good in terms of coming back with kind of a renewed vision and excitement and things like that. So nothing, no big necessarily changes, but excited to be back and rolling. I know me too. It's yeah, it's just so good to hear your voice. And it's so good to be back together um, talking about all these things that we love. So Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of changes, Right up front, we should say, if you listened to our last episode of 2018, we Mm -hmm. talked about some things that we thought we did well and that maybe we wanted to improve on. Uh, And one of them was getting more feedback, hearing more from the audience, the listeners, right? This this community of people that care about these things because we're not the only ones that care about these things. Uh, There are people interested and that are passionate about it and in much different situations than we are. So having kind of a a, a Mm -hmm. chorus of voices instead of just kind of us two. And so uh, along with that, we spent some time brainstorming and thinking about ways that we could make that happen. And Mm -hmm. we have done it, I guess. (laughs) We've made some. Well, I think, yeah, you were saying, you know, we've made some adjustments and some new ways to be able to interact with our audience um, more uh, closely and to get to hear Um, more from each of you and uh, create some more opportunities to hear what matters um, most to our listeners, what they're interested in, what they're curious about. And some of those changes are happening on Facebook. Some of them are happening on our patron page. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, Do you want to walk us through some of these changes that are taking place? Yeah, absolutely. So what we had was the exclusive Facebook group, the CXMH community group that we had and that we have conversations about episodes, about other things, articles, questions, whatever uh, that people have or want to talk about was exclusive to uh, Patreon supporters, but it is now open to anyone that wants to be a part of that. So to interact with other people who are passionate about these, to interact with us, to interact Mm -hmm. with guests that join in, uh, like guests from episodes that are a part of that um, and things like that. So if you want, all you have to do, we'll put a link to it in the show notes as well, but you can request to join that Facebook group and we will approve you. Uh, obviously we, you know, maintain the right to, to make sure that things stay civil, but so that That's is right, available yeah. to anyone. You can invite your friends or anyone that you think has some good feedback. The mm-hmm. uh, flip of that is instead of that being one of the Patreon rewards, uh, mm-hmm. We have now a different, uh, we've, we've kept some of the Patreon rewards so you can still get free shirts or mugs or stickers or, or record a little blurb to go on the show if you want. But if you support the show on Patreon, which you can do at cxmhpodcast.com slash support, obviously that'll mm-hmm. be in the show notes, but if you support at any level, including $1 a month, mm-hmm. yeah, just a dollar a month or more, depending on how, how you feel, you... Uh, will become uh, obviously a patron. This is terrible. I'm totally botching it. I should have <laughs> written it down. But if you do that, uh, you will get access to uh, posts on Patreon that you can see, only patrons can see, that have mm-hmm. upcoming episodes, right? So not only right. to c- have conversations about ones that you've we've already released, but so for example, there's a post up right now about all the January episodes. There's a post where that we're constantly mm-hmm. updating what is coming for February episodes that we haven't even recorded the conversations yet, the interviews. That's right. So that people can submit questions or ideas or topics or whatever that we will pull directly from when having those interviews. Right. So if we're talking to somebody about organization, right, uh, we will put that up. And if, if you're a Patreon, you can, or a patron, you can see that. You can say, oh, I've always wondered this. I, you know, I know this person, whatever. And we will pull directly from those to make sure that we are hitting the areas and the topics and the questions that not only you and I think of, but that Mm -hmm. everyone else thinks of. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, yeah. So we want to, we really want to be hearing your voices on what matters most to you um, and creating these spaces for you to ask questions because, you know, Robert and I may be curious about certain areas of, you know, our guests topics and the things that they bring to the table with what they're um, sharing. Um, and, and so we we pull these questions together prior to each interview. But what we would really like to do is open it up so that we could get a sense of what others are interested in. And we, uh, you know, uh, depending on, you know, the demand, I'm, I'm hoping we can get as many questions and comments included in the episode. But of course, you know, we, we definitely can't promise anything. But, um, but we would love to try to include as many of those as possible when we have these these interviews so yeah 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 so if you want if you're interested in that if you want to support the show and if you just say hey i want to kind of peek behind the curtain and know what's coming coming up uh, yes you can go ahead and do that there'll be all those links in the show notes but that's kind of the major changes on the show side of things even if you don't want to do that go and join the, the the facebook group so you can interact with us and other people and you know people post uh, updates about their lives or things that they have questions about or articles they found interesting. I mean, there's mm-hmm. all sorts of things. So just to have kind of that community aspect of mm-hmm. people that, that care and that want to learn more about these things and want to, you know, interact with each other is, um, you know, really important. 
Yeah, it's something that you and I both have said is really important for this podcast, and it's our vision and seeing that this this podcast really build and create that sense of community and collaboration and building bridges across you know various trains of thought and disciplines and. So we're really hopeful for that. But yes, if you, you know, we, we would love, we are grateful, very grateful for those who are uh, currently supporting us through um, Patreon. We could not do this podcast without your support. Um, and so we are very grateful for those of you who are currently giving. And um, we definitely would appreciate and welcome any additional support that others might um, like to contribute to this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, enough about all that. Yeah, let's shift. You yeah. want to talk about this episode? Yeah, this one I think is a really cool one. It's an idea that we've been floating for a while with uh, some friends of ours, and mm-hmm. we finally got to it. So this is a kind of a, a collaborative episode. You'll notice that nobody's particularly hosting the interview, uh, and that's mm-hmm. because it's a kind of crossover episode between CXMH with the two of us and a mm-hmm. podcast called The Desire Line, which is mm-hmm. a, a therapist and a pastor who talk about Jesus and psychology and how we experience God and all sorts of different topics. And uh, they have a different kind of flair and flavor to it than we do, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But we have you know similar interests and, and things. So we thought we would do kind of a crossover episode and release it in both streams. So they'll put it out in their things mm-hmm. which you can go find and subscribe if you like it yeah. uh, and then we'll put it out obviously here that's how you're listening to it so we yeah. talked with both of them with Suzette and Brandon and mm-hmm. it being New Year's and uh, January I guess it's kind of not now but the beginning of the year still it's yeah, January it's still, and it's still early yeah yeah uh-huh. so we yeah. talked about goal setting and mm-hmm. resolutions and uh, a whole bunch of things like that in and uh, having all four of us I think was good because there are there are people on the call like you and Suzette who really love planners and things like that. And there are people on the call like myself who uh-huh. don't. And so right, we get to right. talk about how to make goals and things that are, are realistic, right? We know there's kind of this traditional, well, we burnt out by February and we all lost our yeah. resolutions. Yeah. Uh, but that's realistic and that works for you and individualized and things like that. And so, um, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. I had fun. Yeah, I did too. And it's, you know, what I liked about it, you you bringing up the fact that we each kind of brought something different to this conversation. I mean, you know, we talked about how we each approach goals. We talk about how we each approach resolutions or maybe not uh, do resolutions. Like that was something that, that, you know, that Mm -hmm. some of us had talked about uh, or doing like a word of the year, kind of having an intention for the year um, and just what this has looked like for us in the past, but then also kind of what our plan is for 2019 and, you know, and what we're, you know, what we're thinking about, how we're wanting to organize our time and um, how to best care for ourselves. You know, again, we talked about this at the end of 2018, but how to care for ourselves holistically, um, caring for our bodies, our minds, our spirits, um, our hearts, our social, you know, connections and, and just what does that all look like at the start of a new year? So I know there are lots of different podcasts out there who are probably talking about this right now. And so if you are listening to this, we are grateful for your willingness to, to hear another perspective on uh, start, how to start the year or uh, some various approaches to starting the year, particularly around goal setting and planners. But it was a lot of fun. I loved doing this like collaborative episode with another podcast. I think yeah. that was, I, I hope we get to do more like uh, more episodes like this again. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. And if you haven't heard of Brandon or Suzette and the Desire Line podcast, like please go check them out. I know Robert just had mentioned that, but really uh, go check them out and uh, the great work that they're doing too. 
Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. All right. Should we shift and let them step aside so that our listeners can get to hear the episode? Yeah, absolutely. We will right. go ahead into our episode with the desire line. Enjoy y'all. Hey, well, today is a little bit different. We are doing actually kind of a cool collaboration episode with a couple friends of ours that do a show around similar topics. Well, I guess when you use this audio, it will be similar, right? You're doing a show with us, which <laughs> yeah. is similar. Um, with similar topics. But yeah, so this is a, a crossover episode between CXMH and the Desire Line. Uh, and so I think for our listeners or for your listeners who may not be familiar with each other, probably mm-hmm. a, a good place to start would be to introduce ourselves and maybe each of each pair of us talk a little bit about the show that, that we run. So uh, why don't DesireLine, do y'all want to go first? Tell us a bit about yourselves and then and then the show. Sure. Um, so my name is Suzette Magagna and my co-host is... Brandon Cook. I'm a pastor. <laughs> That's what we <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so I'm a marriage and family therapist in Long Beach. Brandon is a local pastor in Long Beach, and we have a podcast called the, Des- the Desire Line. And our our subtitle tagline, whatever it's called, is that we talk about Jesus psychology and spiritual formation from both of our perspectives. And we found that we tend to have different ideas on similar topics that really. Um, I think they feed each other and they, and we inspire each other. And so we talk a lot about that. We're very free form on our podcast. So we're very, um, we just kind of flow as much as we can. Although Brandon tries hard to keep us on track and I derail us as much as possible. <laughs> um, but we've had our podcast for about a year and we're about 40 episodes in and it's been a really wild ride. We've had, uh, we've talked about identity, spiritual development. Brandon brought in some really cool theories from a friend of his who has merged a lot of spiritual development theories. And right now we're doing an arc on personality, which has been a lot of fun for me because I'm a Myers-Briggs nerd and I can't wait to talk to you guys more about the Enneagram. So we'll be sneaking that in, I'm sure, a lot today. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Us, what do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I'll just say two things. Number one, Robert, you're in Atlanta, right? I am, yeah. It was really good to hear you use the word y'all because I'm from Birmingham. Alabama. So yeah, this was good for my soul. Good. Yeah. It made you feel right at home here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, just quickly, the concept of a, a desire line too is, is the idea that at some point in our development, we tend to come to a place where we have to get off the paved path that was set for us by our family or our, our broader culture or by our church. And uh, to continue developing, we have to walk through a, a dirt path. Uh, or you have to get off the beaten path is the idea, which can take a lot of courage and uh, can feel like entering into a dark night. So uh, Suzette mm-hmm. came up with this. It's an, actually an architectural term. They use it uh, in landscaping and architecture, the idea of the most intuitive path between two points, even if it's not the paved path. Suzette came up with that. And so we often are talking about, okay, how do we do this? How do we walk the desire line? How do we develop even when it feels like uh, walking in darkness? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the desire line concept is it's, it's about if we put our relationship with God or or Jesus right in front of us, how do we walk towards him? And what are the how does that paved path interfere with our ability to actually see him before us? And um, a thing that I love about it is that even now, even though we've been I've been chewing on this concept for a couple of years, we've been doing the podcast. I've been chewing on it with Brandon for uh, about a year and a half. It's still a new thing where I'm entering even now into a new place of prayer and connection and having to re 
figure that out for myself today. And that's different than it was six months ago. And that's different than it was five years ago, you know? Yeah. So, um, it never, it never stops changing and growing, which is good yeah. when you're a person that hates to be bored. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. How about you introduce yourselves, you guys? Yeah. Well, Robert, I feel like you should be the one to, to start us off on it talking about the podcast. Sure. Yeah. Well, my name, uh, my name is Robert Vore. I'm a therapist in Atlanta, uh, as well as a suicide prevention instructor and have some mm-hmm. ministry background. So worked in college ministry for a couple of years, did some teaching at a, a private school. So um, adolescents, young adults, kind of everything in that range. But CXMH has been going for two years. Uh, and it's a, a, a podcast. I guess our tagline is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health, which mm-hmm. uh, is pretty vague, but it gives us some space and wiggle room to talk about essentially anything that kind of connects those two. Um, sometimes we're, we're more on the mental health side, sometimes we're more on the faith side, but really trying to talk about topics and say, how do we equip ministry workers or mental health workers or people that um, that your average person is going to in a time of crisis, how do we equip them better to have conversations around mental health or things like that? Because we know that a lot of people in ministry worlds feel unprepared maybe to talk about mental health. A lot of people in mental health world feel maybe unprepared to talk about spirituality. And so can we have some conversations around things to, to help people, I guess, navigate those conversations in their own lives? Uh, and then Holly joined for season three as my co-host, uh, mm-hmm. So, Holly, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah. Hi, I am um, Dr. Holly Oxhandler. I am um, the Associate Dean for Research and Faculty Development at Baylor University. Um, and uh, my research um, really is is a big driving force behind um, a lot of the work that Robert and I are doing on this podcast, but um, but my research has all been examining the degree to which mental health care providers are trained to ethically integrate clients' religion and spirituality into mental health treatment. Um, as Robert was kind of saying that, you know, a lot of mental health care providers aren't trained uh, to talk about this um, in clinical settings. And as I'm sure the both of you, you know, are familiar with this too, based on the work that y'all are doing with the podcast. Um and so really this, this, you know, yeah, it just has become this wonderful opportunity to get to connect with um, others who are doing work in the areas of faith and mental health. And how do we translate this research into ways that, um, that others, that mental health care providers can do something with, that religious leaders can do something with, um, and that it also serves those who are struggling with mental health um, or who have a loved one who are struggling with mental health. So, um, so it's been so fun getting to join Robert this season and just seeing different ways in which, um, you know, we've been able to, to, to serve the community, uh, with this podcast. So, um, yeah. So a little bit about me. Yeah. Yay. Yay. All right. Yeah. Well, the topic today, I think Suzette, was you, was it you who kind of tossed this out as a potential topic? Uh, no, I think it was Holly. Yeah. Holly. Okay. yeah I, I got yeah. lost in the, the email thread there. But. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, we had, so Suzette and I had connected on a, um, a, a tool that I'm sure that we're going to talk about when it comes to, you know, goals and, and planning. <laughs> and, um, 
I'm not going to be able to keep a straight face, y'all. Suzette was doing a little dance since this is a podcast. That's why we're all laughing. Oh, this is so fun. Um, So anyway, so we we had connected on this tool and then just going back and forth like, oh my gosh, I'm using it too and it's been so helpful. And we're Mm. like, oh, we should do an episode on this. And, you know, and, and it's helpful thinking about this time of year. So there's a nice little preface if Robert, if you want to actually say what the topic is, because I don't think we've even said that yet. So Yeah, well, heading yeah. into the new year, everyone's making resolutions and, you know, thinking about things they want to change in their life or traditionally that's what we tend to do. And so we're talking today about goals and setting goals and making changes and all, all things related to that concept there, um, addressing it from a bunch of different angles as all four of us kind of come at things from maybe slightly different different perspectives. Yeah. Um, so I think um, figuring out, we, we've been talking about how to do this and how to have four people on a podcast to record all the conversations together. So why don't we go around to all four of us and talk about how we look at resolutions, what January 1st means to us, and how successful we are maybe and how unsuccessful we are. I'll talk about that part. And then uh, personally, um, and then uh, maybe what we've learned along the way clinically and personally. Does that sound yeah. like a good fit? Yeah, that's perfect. That's great. Uh, all right. Um, Robert's morning. Should I start, Robert? Yeah, 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 go, ahead. You just, yeah go for it. <laughs> well, Holly and I, can, so Holly and I um, connected through other avenues, but mostly Instagram, I think. Um, and we get excited about similar things. And so we both ended up using a tool. I, I've talked on the podcast before, almost as a confessional about how I got hooked on planner videos this year. And how instead of actually doing planning in my planner that I had already purchased, I just watched the videos to kill time. And then I had this whole like existential crisis about that at some point. Um, Wait, no, I have to ask, are these just videos of people writing in their planners? Or when you say planner video. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes. That's not my favorite kind, though. There are multiple kinds. There are various kinds. Talk about this from a personality perspective because for me, I it's the ones that I like are the ones where they're reviewing all the details of the planner. With an ASMR voice, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I think probably. (laughs) And they're like talking about this the weight of the paper and how the paper feels and all the different content and how they use gold foil on this part, but not this part, and it's just the silliest. And I got hooked on those. That's amazing. I'm just gonna pause. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you, Ollie. So I got I got hooked on those because paper is in, you guys, because of technology. Anyway, so along the way, I stumbled, uh, as I'm like on my favorite channel, I stumbled on a planner called um, Power Sheets through the business Cultivate What Matters. And it's by a Christian woman named Laura Casey. And um, Laura has done, I'm not sure if it's Laura, by the way, but she she's she's done this like uh, goal setting book. And it's not a planner where it's like a weekly thing or like a calendar thing, but she's done this goal setting book that is the intention. You do a lot of like prep work in the beginning where you're processing all your emotions and you're doing a lot of like cognitive behavioral work, really, like when we break it down. But then as you move into the year, you're checking in once a month on all your goals and you're using these tools. So anyway, I posted something about it on Instagram. Holly's like, me too. And I'm like, yay, I'm not the only one. Um, <laughs> um, yep. So it's so that's my excited girly planner junkie thing that drew me to it but as a clinician thinking through the process of how she's really set this up has made me think a lot about goals 
And so it's been exciting to talk like on a clinical professional level about that, I think. And Brandon is somebody who's really good at setting goals and achieving them. I think like he parks in the back of the parking lot to get his steps in anytime he comes to see me, which I think is amazing. Hmm. And <laughs> I just think he's someone that puts his money where his mouth is. So I can't wait to, I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to hear like from all of your perspectives, how we actually achieve the things that we want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my excited story. I guess I didn't actually get to where my goals come from, but um, what do you guys think about that? And then we can go into the. That's awesome. I know Holly was getting very excited, like relating to you. And I like you said, oh, there's these different types of planning videos. And then here's my favorite <laughs> channel. Uh, implying that there's multiple channels of planner videos uh, and they're like going through and reviewing and I can't fathom I can't I can't uh, I get that's so far from uh, like my everything Uh, so my wife probably if I told her about this she would be like pumped because she loves planners she like writes everything down and has a specific planner this one's her favorite that, that we order and stuff and I am very much not that and so that's like a whole different world for me in terms of even going even further of like watching people review planners and and talk through them but probably would be something that would be helpful to me because uh, oftentimes I'm not the most organized person uh, and so I have to really try and be intentional about that side of things of making sure that I don't miss things or that things don't just kind of fall by the wayside or you know things like that so maybe that's something that probably I could even learn from. Not not that I'm going to go watch these videos but maybe you'll tell me about it. There's no need. (laughs) We'll just tell you which one to buy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, just in response to what you're 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 saying, I I haven't watched the videos, but um, but I mean, I'll I'll unpack some of what I do, you know, after. But um, but I do know that I, I will just say that Suzette's absolutely right. There is so much out there in terms of like how to set up planners. Everybody has a system. Everybody has a different yeah. way of doing it. And it can sometimes be helpful to watch those. But sometimes it's also like I've watched them before. And sometimes they can also make me a little anxious. Like I start getting into that comparison. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, and when I start feeling those tugs, I, I, I can't watch them. Like mm-hmm. I like getting ideas, but I don't like getting stuck into that comparison that sometimes can be um, tempting while yeah. watching those videos. So There's a shame yeah. spiral, I think. Oh, yes. When you feel not good at organization, like you mentioned, yeah. Robert, I feel the same way. And there's a shame yeah. spiral of like, everybody's good at this but me. You know, it feels very isolating. And yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So but let's yeah. talk a little bit about yeah. change. Let's talk about how, how we achieve change in our lives that's sustainable. Hmm. Um, what do you, what do you guys think? How do you move into a place where you, have achieved um, where you feel like you've set a goal and you've achieved it. And then you've moved into a new phase or a new stage where you're not stuck in that same desire to change. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the main question, right? And I think to, to talk about it, honestly, we probably have to start by acknowledging that that's really hard for most people, right? I mean, we think about new year's resolutions and the, the percentage of whatever that are gone by February, right? Or people that, you know, they think, Oh, I'm, I'm going to lose that weight or I'm going to, write that book or whatever. I mean, whatever their goal is. And then five years later, they think, well, what happened? I didn't, I didn't stick with it. And so I think acknowledging that that is 
pretty commonplace for most of us is a good place to start because we just talked about kind of that comparison and well everybody else seems to be accomplishing what they're setting out to accomplish you know you scroll through twitter or instagram and you say oh this person is doing this really well this person's doing this really well how come i'm the only one that's still just sitting here watching netflix and that's for sure not <laughs> the case right i think we would all say like yeah that happens to all of us and so i think to start with, it has to start with letting go of that shame that we were talking about, that comparison of, well, if I haven't done it yet, then I'm a, I'm, I'm a complete failure and everyone else is better at changing than I am. Everyone else is better at blankety-blank than I am because it's simply not true. And I right. mean, if everybody's feeling that way, then maybe it, we should all kind of let go of that a little bit and say, well, we, we need to have a more realistic view of what change is and how to accomplish that and how to make it sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I would say, you know, for me, a lot of this comes down to, and you know, evaluation is something that we've talked a lot about on CXMH. I know our last episode, we were even talking about evaluating self-care goals, and that's something that I do. But even thinking about evaluating, like, goal setting and what works and doesn't. And so for me, a lot of it has moved toward, I, you know, I can't, I mean, I can, there's a few things. I have to... One, like I have to set these goals, but set them with open palms and keep my hands open, recognizing I'm not in control of every single detail of the upcoming year and things can happen and change and I have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I've done over the years is really releasing the need to create resolutions, but moving mm -hmm. towards having a, um, a word for the year and having that word for the year be like the lens that I operate the whole year mm -hmm. forward with just to say, okay, well, this is, this is the word that I'm going to value and this is the word that I want to grow in. And so I want that to be a lens that everything I do in the year ahead um, is going to kind of move towards that or be connected to that word. Mm -hmm. um, I still create goals, but and but they're really I just see them as like almost as like little crumbs um, or just little yeah, just like little like a little crumb trail for me to be moving towards something in yeah. the upcoming year, but not, but it's not the be all end all, if that makes sense. Like they're mm -hmm. just little things. I'm like, okay, I do want to do these things moving forward, but my identity is not tied into those things. Yeah. And, um, my sense of success is not, you know, who I am is not completely tied to those, but these are some things that I'd like to do more of like a wish list, I guess. Mm -hmm. But that word of the year, that's been like the crux of how I've approached upcoming years. So what's your word of the year? Did you decide? Yeah, well, I think so. I think so. Um, for 2018, it was content and for 2019, I'm really leaning towards grounded. I just, I really am visualizing that this year I need to be practicing and paying more attention to how I deepen my roots into what I'm doing, not out of a sense of stubbornness, but I really want to get more grounded um, and centered and, and so that anything that I do for others or anything that I do, period, is coming out of that place of groundedness and centeredness, well, groundedness really, or rootedness, and not because, you know, we talked about personality as a two on the Enneagram. It's really easy for me to want to do things because of how, what everybody else wants me to do. And yeah. I need that. I need that sense of groundedness. So yeah, it's yeah. almost like that anchor, right? Finding that anchor. Yeah. That's than whatever yeah, you want. yeah. Finding the anchor and then also trying to intentionally almost visualize, like, how do I grow those roots so that I can be able to 
you know, take in um, the nutrients and the, the needs that I have and the things that, you know, that I need to be able to grow more intentionally. So, yeah, that's good. That's a good word. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I love- I was going to, Brandon, I was going to come to you next because Suzette mentioned that you're, you're somebody that she sees as someone who's really good at setting goals and accomplishing them. What about you? <laughs> what are your perspectives on all? I mean, would you agree with that? Or maybe you say, well, maybe not. Or I, uh, I am an INFJ and the J part of me loves to bring things to conclusion, which means tracking things. I'm, I'm, I'm often made fun of mostly by my wife for keeping spreadsheets. I tracked all sorts. I track all sorts of things. I track what I eat. I track how many steps I take. But uh, I think that I'll pick up on some of the themes that you guys shared. I think knowing your personality is a huge part of this. If you try to do, if you take a plan that would really, if I try to take a plan that would really work for Suzette and then try to fit myself into it, Mm -hmm. I would probably end up shaming myself or guilting myself when in reality that was never going to work. So, you know, know that, know thyself, I think is a huge rule here. I was just thinking while you guys were sharing how amazing it is when you look at American culture there's almost embedded in the culture this pathway of spiritual disciplines at this time of year because you have Thanksgiving, mm. which grounds us in gratitude. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you're celebrating Christmas or you're, you're a Christian, you're celebrating Christmas. Uh, and so that's the discipline of hope. And then we come to New Year's, which is the discipline of commitment, taking action, uh, making promises. I love what you shared, Holly, about what I heard and what you shared about having a word is grounding it in a positive vision rather than in the nuts and bolts. That the nuts and bolts will come from the vision. And that's really powerful. I think for myself, I've mostly learned from getting burned <laughs> and being one of the people that, as you said, Robert, committed to go to the gym and then it's done by February, uh, which to me points to what the limited resource of willpower. That willpower, as important as it is, is really limited. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what's happening uh, when we're being driven by willpower is that we don't have a positive vision. So... You can't just be moving away from something. You got to be moving towards something for it to be sustainable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so if I'm, and oftentimes when I'm moving away some, from something, I'm doing it because I feel shame or guilt. Oh, I've got to change this. This is bad. But that this is bad conversation is just, is really limited for, for transformation. That's right. That, yep. That's going to wear out. And so when it wears out, you better have a, not just a no that you're moving away from, but a yes that you're moving towards. I've found that when I'm successful, it's because I have a sustained vision, kind of like your word, Holly. Okay, if 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 this action plan failed, I still have my word that's going to get me back on the on the path. Hmm. So a positive vision, uh, not just a negative vision, is I think huge. And then for me, it's setting it in the framework of how transformation happens. So there's a classical model for transformation that goes. It, it's it's actually it goes all the way back to Epictetus, who was a, a Greek philosopher. But the idea is that our desire is cultivated by practices and that if, if we engage our practices consistently, they become habits and then the habits ultimately becomes our character, mm. which is kind of a very Christian discipleship idea. You know, how does transformation happen? But it helps me kind of ground it in a bigger picture of, okay, if I can get, engage this practice that I'm resolving to engage consistently, ultimately it can become second nature. It can become normative to me. Yeah. And if it, when it becomes normative, it's just going to become a part of my character and my natural way of thinking. That provides me a lot of hope that, okay, I'm not just resolving to do this for the month of January and hope this works. That There's actually a, a method to the madness, that, uh, which means I need to engage the practice from a sustainable point of view and not bite off more than I can chew. So I think another, yeah. thing, another thing for me is what's one or two or three doable wins 
that yeah. are not going to burn out. If it's a workout thing, I'm not going to start out by running 13 miles. You know, I'm going to maybe fast walk two miles or, or whatever it is so that I can actually notch a victory and have some positive reinforcement. And along with that, knowing that if I just transform one thing, it's going to open up all sorts of possibilities in my life. If I change the way that I eat, that transformation is not limited to my diet. It's actually going to change the way I think about what's possible in all sorts of areas. So I feel like yeah. uh, I think I think starting small and doable is way better uh, than it's almost tortoise in the hair. You know, it's like step by step rather than trying to go for transformation in a single bound. Yeah. So those are some of my thoughts as I am kind of girding up for, I mean, I do take new years. Uh, I don't necessarily like the term resolution. I like the term commitment more, but, um, but I do see new years as a time for vision casting. And I think we're laying out some of the good pitfalls to be avoided, you know, shame. If you're, if you're operating out of shame, that resolution is probably going to wear out. Uh, having a positive vision, I think is huge. So I think we're laying out some of the themes yeah. that are, help sustain us as we move into the new year. Yeah. I think one thing that you you said it in a different way than how I was processing it, but one thing that I think you pointed out is that hope, like instead of moving away from like that shame concept of I'm going to fail if I don't completely change mm -hmm. or hit 100% of my goals, I think both Holly and you, Brandon, have put like if we put this hope in front of us or like this idea of what this could be, this theme for the year, right, then we're moving forward with hope towards something that where change can really happen. And that for me is such a benefit. I haven't processed this all the way through my Enneagram 7, but uh, when my Myers-Briggs ENFP, I have found that I can't, I'm always excited by new opportunity, even to the point where <laughs> when I go out of town, when I come back into town, I'm excited about whatever I was bored with when I left town. Like, mm. <laughs> so like, uh, like I'll be excited about new chances, new opportunities, new experiences or new ways to develop systems. My husband and I, uh, I drive us um, when we go places. And so my husband, we keep a notebook on the side of his side of the car and I'll always be so inspired on my way back into town that I, I'll like say, I need you to write some stuff down. <laughs> he goes, okay. And he'll like start writing down all my notes. The desire line concepts really got brainstormed or like branded around like us driving somewhere and me getting inspired and needing him to write it down. Um, so there's, so I know for me, I get inspired for change when there's something new. Mm -hmm. And that is sometimes tied to the calendar. Often it's not. Like anytime I've been really successful on like, a good healthy eating plan that brings real change to my weight or my life. I usually get inspired around October and I think it's cause it's when my birthday is. So there's something about my birthday and then the, my own new year and then moving into where I always will start something like paleo that I'll sustain for like two years. I'll start paleo like before Thanksgiving, which is ridiculous, you know? Hmm. Um, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I was getting stuck up. two years you'll stick with it for two years that's amazing I did yeah not, I'm not doing it right now but yeah no and I like loved it and that's it's awesome. not dieting is always such a big part of the new year's resolutions for people you know but mm -hmm. yeah like and I'm, I'll be fine through Thanksgiving and Christmas eating just like the protein and the veggies and I like make myself Brussels sprouts because I can't eat the good Christmas rolls that my parents make and you know it's like fine mm -hmm. but only when I'm ready so I think for me, something that I always think of when we're talking about change is 
the um, the model of the stages of change, which has this other term. Holly, do you know the term? It's like yeah, trans, trans theoretical. What yeah. a cool word. Um, <laughs> um, and and that model, it really talks about being in like pre-contemplation before you're thinking about wanting to make a change on something. Let's say it's weight. And then you move into contemplation where you're really thinking about it actively. You know, in like your executive functioning part of your brain, you're thinking the thoughts of how, to, how does this do it? But you're not planning the change yet. And then you move into a place where you're actually planning it. And then what's that, what's that one called? I don't have it up. I'm going off my I've got it. preparation. So, so we, yeah. So you go from pre-contemplation to contemplation where you're thinking of that and then preparation, which I think is where you were just at right now. Mm-hmm. Thinking about preparing that, they're preparing for that action to change. That's where you're like making the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. And then you actually, and then you actually act like you actually try to make the change. Like that's, that's day one of whole 30 or whatever it is, right? Like yeah. you, you make the plan that. and you do it, yeah. have done it. <laughs> and then you maintain the change or you jump off the wheel and you move back into pre-contemplation. Is that how you guys experience that theory? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's definitely, it's, it doesn't have to be as like particularly linear. So you can jump back to contemplation right. or jump back to preparation. If you say, well, mm-hmm. it didn't work, but I want, I'm trying, it didn't work, but I'm trying to get back into it. Like things like that. So you can kind of jump around backwards, but it's, it's set up on purpose so that, you know, it's not just, well, you're moving forward or you're like totally screwed. You're moving forward or you can jump back and then try to work your way back up or, you know, things like that is, is how mm-hmm. I understand it. And yeah. you said, Robert, before we started this, that you actually use this model pretty often in your therapy work. Is that yeah. right? Well, I think it's it's helpful in my therapy work. It, it was also helpful in ministry work. And since we have some listeners that are in youth ministry things, I think it's helpful in terms of when you have someone who maybe a, a student or something that's coming to you with the same problem over and over again, and you're thinking, I'm doing nothing. I'm not accomplishing anything. They're not changing anything, right? What you're wanting is for them to jump from maybe not content like pre-contemplation to action right like hey well then change something but it it's helpful to me in terms of working with people mm-hmm. to recognize they have to decide to like contemplate it or they have to start thinking about it and then they have to you yeah. know prepare for it emotionally and whatever like actually in their life prepare for it so if it's you know a breakup or they want to change a lifestyle they have to do the preparation work and so as long as they are moving you know kind of through these stages then that's fine. Like I'm doing, I'm doing what my goal is, is, is helping them get yeah. into that. But I think oftentimes mm-hmm. both for ourselves, but also for other people in a ministry setting or a therapy setting, or even just a, you know, my friend keeps coming to me with this problem. We want, okay, we'll then jump to the change part. And we get really mm-hmm. impatient with that and think, well, what I'm doing here mm-hmm. is useless, but it's probably not. It's, you know, can we give people some space to move through these stages and for ourselves can we give ourselves some space to move through these stages? I mean, you can't mm-hmm. jump straight from, oh, I just thought of this, therefore I'm going to act now, you know? Right. Or if you do, maybe that change isn't sustainable. So for me, right. I oh, I often mm-hmm. act and make a decision before I planned it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really often. It happens a lot. But for me, the thing that where I'm able to sustain real change or keep something moving is when I've really planned it out. And I notice a difference in that because I – the beginning always seems like it's going well for me, but it's actually sustaining it is the thing where I need to move through all those stages. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm always yeah. not going on a diet, but <laughs> it's when I've made the decision and planned for it and prepped for it that I actually 
can can engage in healthier eating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like for me, so I love this motivational interviewing and these stages of change and this trans theoretical model. And I think it's really helpful. I also lean a lot on a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy techniques when I think about my, um, you know, my plans for the year and trying to think about really integrating um, not just the behavioral changes or things that I want to do, but also being attentive to where my thoughts are in the process and how I feel through the process and ensuring that I'm setting realistic and feasible goals um, and making sure that I'm not setting these big goals because it does take us back to that cycle of shame where if I set these goals without really thinking through all these other pieces of what could make it successful, I will land in that. Well, it's just, you know, and so how do I have, so for me, I think I rely heavily on that CBT model and I really, and and I also um, am am very intentional in thinking about having a growth mindset Mm -hmm. um, and offering as much grace to myself as possible and really thinking of it. Okay. I'm just taking this one day at a time, Um, you know, rather than just, saying, oh, I'm a failure, I didn't do this, or I, you know, I, I had that cookie when I really didn't want to, or whatever. I really have learned that one of the best ways to set myself up for success um, when I think about the upcoming year is really just taking it one day at a time. Um, yeah. And, 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 and I would say, starting my day with an intention. And for me, that looks like centering prayer um, and and having that be how I start my day and then ending my day with gratitude um, mm. so that I can reflect and say, here's what is good that happened in this day. And and giving myself the, you know, that affirmation that I needed to say, um, yeah, I can keep moving forward and doing these things because that worked today. I feel motivated to carry that out and do that again tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So. And that, that harkens back to what Brandon was saying about doing mm-hmm. kind of small steps. Right. And we've talked on our show before about this idea of what's the smallest step you can take. Right. So if, if your, your goal is, well, I want to, I want to be in better shape than parking at the back of the parking lot is, <laughs> I mean, that's good. You can sustain that. And then you can say, okay, that's a win, you know, and mm-hmm. instead of saying, well, okay, starting January 1st, I'm going to the gym five times a week, that, that, right. that kind of major life change, you're not going to do it probably unless you're, you know, an anomaly and then you're going to feel bad for not doing it. And so if we can do small steps and say that was a victory, I'm moving in the right direction. That gives us then that motivation that, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm celebrating things. I'm moving in the right direction. And that gives us more motivation as opposed to, well, I set this giant goal and I failed it, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, that then spirals kind of downwards. And I think the other, the other thing, and we've talked some about this is really considering the motivation for, whatever change it is we're trying to make. So we've referenced it a couple of times, but a, a big one for a lot of people is, you know, I, I want to lose this weight. I want to look better. I want to have more muscles, whatever it is. And so evaluating, where is that coming from? Like what, what's the motivation there, right? So if it's, well, I, I want to lose weight because every, I should lose weight, right? I should look better. Everybody else looks better than that. That's coming from a place I think yeah. of a less sustainable because it's, it's shame filled. It's very comparative, right? But saying yeah. what, what narratives right. am I buying into? What am I, if I'm moving towards something, right? Well, I want to eat better because I want to have more energy because I ha- I want to play with my kids. I don't, you know, mm. things like that. Yeah, yeah. But if there's actually something that you say, hey, I agree with that at its core, as opposed to, well, because everybody says, you know, every magazine says I should lose weight right now. I think that is a, a mm-hmm. big mm. determination in terms of, you know, can you keep doing this when you don't feel like it instead of, well, I give up. I'm never going to, I'm never going to do that. And who cares anyway? Yeah. Totally. I just, I think it. Oh, sorry. 
Well, I just to say, I think it goes back to Brandon's point on know thyself. Like that's, that is so important, knowing yourself and knowing what is that motivation and getting, yeah. getting that, moving towards that being wholly integrated within you versus doing things because others are telling you. But I do want to hear Robert too, like, what do you, what do you do? Cause we've talked a little bit about like, how is, what does this look like for you in terms of starting the new year? Yeah, I don't, to be honest, I kind of hate New Year's resolutions. Uh, <laughs> I think I haven't made any in years. Uh, and even when I did, they weren't really good ones. Um, and I think because to me, it has this connotation of, well, everyone's going to fail anyway. And we're all, by February, we're all going to feel worse mm-hmm. about ourselves. And so I think for me, I don't, I don't love that idea, but I do, I do recognize that it is kind of this, recognizable, here is a time where I'm going to start instituting changes, right? But I think there's something about New Year's resolutions that makes people kind of dream big, not in a good way, in a bad way to set giant, you know, well, in 2019, I'm going to lose 500 pounds. That I mean, that's not, you know, and so I think more importantly to me is, you know, next week, what am I going to do differently in terms of what's mm-hmm. the smallest step that I can make? Because I think that's mm-hmm. more sustainable. That's more, because otherwise we get into a, a place where halfway through the year, we think, well, I haven't done it. I guess I'll try again next year. And then, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's just like a huge gap of time. And so yeah. I don't, I, I don't have a tendency to really set New Year's resolutions, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I'm but kind of like, it's just too big to chew. Yeah. 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 It and, is. And I'm kind of like Suzette where I get really excited about things as they're new and then maybe it trails off and I lose that. And then I come back to it at some mm-hmm. point. So and Holly, you, you probably know this for this show. Enough. Right, yeah. And actually, Suzette, you probably know this because I go through, you know, a, a day or a week where I think, oh, I'm going to ask a bunch of people to come on our show and I email like everyone I can think of. That would be awesome. <laughs> and we've actually talked probably a, a full year ago about doing a crossover episode before That's Holly right. was even yeah. involved. And it just, and then it kind of trailed off and then I got busy. And so I kind of do the same thing you do where I get really excited and I, I do a bunch of stuff and then I kind of, well, all right, then it's not as exciting anymore. And so I think for me, more important is how do I, how do I sustain some of that motivation when the big, like, this is a great idea kind of wears off. Yeah, which is hard, totally. Which is hard. I'm, I'm actually trying. So I'm moving through this Myers-Briggs process where I'm trying to start with the dominant function thing, the stuff I'm really good at, which is the dreaming and the big ideas, you know, and then instead of just trying to execute big dreams, I've now started to try to process them through this Myers-Briggs process that I can describe another time for us, where I'm, I'm going through my strengths first, and then down into the stuff that's harder for me, and then back up, which which is really interesting. Like, so I'm instead of just the big ideas and then I'm trying to execute them, I'm having the big ideas and then I'm moving through emotional processing about it. And this is kind of why Cultivate What Matters that, by the way, they did not sponsor this podcast episode yeah, at all. Yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> we'll let them know, I'm sure, that we did an episode. But, but one thing that Cultivate What Matters really helps is the beginning of the book, like 50 pages of it before the year even starts, you're processing through your emotions. And it's a lot of cognitive behavioral work where you're looking at like the beliefs that you have about yourself that are not true. And then you're talking about what would it look like if I didn't believe these things about myself that are not true, you know, Mm -hmm. and so you're moving from a false belief identifying the false belief and processing it and then identifying what's actually true about you mm-hmm. and then you're moving and then you're operating and behaving out of your true like what's actually true instead of what's fake so an example is that so 
this is I'm pretty honest on our podcast, so I guess I'll just go for it. So I've always been kind of a big girl. All right. So from that, I've always felt this experience of like, I think I talked about this on like our shame episode, episode six. So any of our followers know, know that this is true. But so I can come from a false belief of I'm always going to be a little heavy. Everybody loves the big girl that's loud and funny and tries really hard to entertain people. Okay. Or I can, in my late 30s, I can say, you know, no matter what size I am, like, health is really important in your late 30s. And being active and eating well is investing in your future, you know? Mm. And so it's no longer about being fine and catching the eye of whoever I'm walking past. But now it's about being as healthy as I can be and being as healthy as I can be for my marriage. And I want to live a long time with my husband. I like him. I want to live a long, a lot of years with him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that changes, that almost creates what you're talking about, Holly, with that growth mindset that mm-hmm. creates this dynamic of like, okay, that's sustainable. I don't have to be whatever the goal size is for everybody right now. Mine is not a double zero, but, but I don't have Mine to be either. <laughs> I would shoot for a 12 right now if that would be okay. Um, <laughs> but I don't have to be that, but I do need to be healthier and more active. And I need to be somebody that's like, has, you know, my muscles are working well, and I'm not sedentary and all these things, right? Because I'm investing in my future. And so that becomes where I take that false identity of like, I'm always going to be a good girl and making excuses. And instead, I go, maybe I always will be, but I can be healthier. I can be I can I've, I've been healthier. I've been stronger. I've been I felt better about myself. I didn't always have heartburn. I don't always, you know, and all that stuff. So that becomes a, an attainable goal. That's not based on shame. Or denial, it's based on honesty and real sustainable goals. Yeah, you know? that's good. That's yeah. so good. And I, I, I fully agree. I mean, I have mine. I have all of my planners, y'all, like right next to me. I want to see your pilot. Well, I've got the. I mean, I know our listeners aren't going to get to see this, but, um, but I have the cultivate what matters one, and I'm almost done with it. Yeah. But, but, Sue, that's right. It's like the whole first part of it. It really does look at, you know, just kind of those patterns um, of behavior and thoughts. And that goes back to what I was saying about having that CBT mindset. Um, for me, it's not ju- it's not only looking at the behaviors and the thoughts and the feelings and how they've all, you know, been integrated and in how I do my day to how I go about my day-to-day life. But the other thing is, you know, when you get to like behavioral activation in cognitive behavioral therapy and how do you take some of these more these big goals and break them down into step by step so that it's not just these like really broad like oh I'm gonna just lose weight this year or I'm gonna practice my faith more but like getting them down to these tangible measurable real again realistic and relevant almost making them like smart goals like what we learn about in mental health training right so making them specific and measurable and achievable and relevant and timed and I know that in the cultivate what matters what's that that's a great acronym. Isn't have you heard? Awesome? No, you've never heard that. Acronyms yeah. go. That's a pretty good one. I mean, it's yeah. a name acronym. No, I, I agree. But she also, I think in this, she also makes, she calls them smarter. And I think, and maybe in this one, maybe somewhere else I've read it, um, where you start, I think you, like E is for exciting. And I don't remember. And maybe the other R is ready or something like that. But I really like, I just really like pri- trying to break them down in that way. And then the other thing 
Well, there's two other things I'm thinking of. So I've also used Erin Condren's. I'm getting all the planners out, y'all. I've used Erin Condren's planner in the past. And the thing that I like about hers is that at the beginning of the year and in these sheets, in these power sheets, she kind of has it a little bit too. But similar to what Robert and I have talked about in terms of self-care and making sure that self-care is holistic, I also try to think about the year ahead as being holistic. And so I'm not just creating these goals or or things that I want to do in the upcoming year is just being I'm only going to focus on health because so much of that in our culture I think is that's the push is lose weight like it's start of the year lose weight or you know be healthy or whatever but there are so many other facets to who we are that is not just focused on our physical body so if we can be thinking about goals that we have around our family life and our children and um, and our partners and you know our spiritual life and um, ourselves and our sense of creativity and um, finances and you know I don't know fun things that we want to do I I really oh and then certainly our social supports our friends yeah. um you know there's just so much more to just our work and our physical bodies that I think we need to be paying attention to as we're looking at the year ahead and again these aren't things to set us up just for us to have these to be overwhelmed um, in any way. And I try to, as I come up with these different goals that I want in each of these areas in the year ahead, I try to remember, like, I've got 12 months to do these. This isn't, I'm going to, you know, get them all done by the end of January. Like, I, I really try to think about the whole 12 months. And then from that, work backward to identify some realistic steps that I can take to achieve those over the course of the year. Yeah. And The last resource that I would plug is uh, Emily Lay's Simplified Planner. So this is the other one that I use, my little planner that I use each day. Emily and Erin and Laura, reach out. I know. Well, I, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, (laughs) But what I love about this is, so I use the, the, I'm using those, these power sheets just in planning the year and the months ahead. But then each day, what I love about um, this Emily Lay planner is I start the beginning of my week each week looking at what's an outlook of where I need to be. and But I don't want outlook to be just tugging me in the next direction. So I try to sit down at the week, at the beginning of the week and write out what do I need for the week ahead? What do I need to wrap my mind around? What do I need to be saying? And and it, part of it is preparing me to say no to people mm-hmm. as they're asking me to do things throughout the week. So I have a better sense of what I actually have time for. But I like using these these daily planners because it gives me a sense of what does my day look like. There's a there's a section of like list out my to do list mm-hmm. so I don't have another notebook just to track my to do list. And then I've got my notes and like a little pretty. note. And, and they're pretty and they're sustainable and, you know, they, they're, you know, I like them. It's and if what, anyone needs to know the paperweight for each planner, let oh me know. Gosh. I have it all memorized. Yeah. Well, I know. I, and I do want to mention if you're listening and you're like, I will, that's ridiculous. I would never use a planner. That just sounds terrible to me. That's also mm-hmm. fine. Whatever system works yeah, for you. Totally I definitely don't use a planner, right? I use Google Calendar out of absolute necessity because otherwise I schedule a bunch of things and then forget them. And then <laughs> I literally, I showed it to the every day. I just like jot a list of like, what are the things I need to do the next day or whatever? Yeah. And then I can check them off. So then I, f- I feel good about checking them off. But literally it's like this old notepad that I found somewhere, but you know, whatever system works. 
Hey, yeah. one thing I noticed about your notepad, Robert, is that you make an underline on the list and then you do a check on the list. And that is amazing. That's yeah. 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 There's a, a spot to check things off. That way I, I, I can awesome. check. Sometimes I write them as I'm doing them. If I'm responding to an email, then I write, you know, respond to email and then I can check it off immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brandon, our resident Jay, how do you keep all your to-do lists in order? I want this, I want this question answered whether we're on mic or not. So I can- <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of have a, a, a my own. I don't use planners, but I have a corollary. I, I keep I track all sorts of things. I'm not gonna get into it because it'll just become fodder for making fun of me. Um, <laughs> I track all sorts of stuff, which is actually a way of me not getting overwhelmed. Um, mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but it actually yep. keeps it gives me some. It gives me a place to to do my processing. I think it comes back to what you said, Robert. You got to know your personality, like what. What's going to work for Suzette or Holly may not work for me, may not work for Robert and vice versa. And, and what Robert does may not work for me. So I think, again, that's getting out of, that's actually getting out of a shame conversation. That's getting into a, a who am I made to be and fully embracing that. It's an and, identity conversation. And, yeah. And strength based. Yeah. yeah. And as you said, Robert, it's getting out of a comparative conversation, which I think is a really good word. I think this whole conversation for me has been interesting to watch how you uh, you therapist types are so <laughs> methodical, and I love it. Um, <laughs> even the the what the trans what was it the trans the trans theoretical model of change trans theoretical model which let me just Isn't say that this amazing for our listeners uh, I mean Google that and you can find some stuff on it but pre contemplation contemplation preparation action and maintenance as a process for change. I find it really helpful to you're, you're providing labels and uh, anytime we can provide labels for something or name something, it gives us a schema for reality. It makes us feel safe. So I, I think that is a really helpful part of this conversation for me. And I think what you said, Robert, is managing our frustration when people aren't where well, this is what I heard. I don't think it's what you said. Managing our frustration when people are in their own space, maybe not where they, uh, we would like them to be. Yeah. yeah. I think is also a part of that conversation of, know yourself and uh, accept your accept your process, which then becomes a matter of discernment because, you know, one of the things I was thinking is, as we, as you guys were talking about that is sometimes people do, um, you know, they hang out in the preparation stage to avoid action. Mm-hmm. Um, so there can be avoidance. So it becomes a matter of discerning. Yeah. Whether it's actually a preparation or if it's actually avoidance. Like watching and, planner videos instead of actually exactly. using the planner. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> We're a perfect example that's, yeah, exactly. that's in this moment. <laughs> so all of all of these all of these um, processes that we walk through, there's always going to be a temptation to use them to avoid. Um, or uh, at the end of the day, we're always going to have to actually come down to to commitment, follow through, and some level of you know, like in the smart goals, measuring what we're doing. And so finding that, ba- I think what I think what I hear in this conversation, we're trying to find a balance between too much shame. And too little motivating pressure. We're trying to yeah. find the sweet, this kind of golden mean between those two extremes. Mm-hmm. I, so my point is, whatever our personality types, I think that's the universal. We're trying, we're trying to find this balance between motivation and shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes me think of like the the concept of you stress, e u s t r e s s, you stress instead of distress. Like shame can put us into a distress place, but you stress is like this lower level of good anxiety, like good stress, where we feel motivated and we feel kind of ripe to make a change and excited. And I'm in you stress when I'm driving back into LA or Long Beach to figure out 
what I can do next. You know what I mean? And I better jump on it because it's going to go away pretty soon. <laughs> and But that's like, that's a tool that I've found that, you know, I can make fun of myself for it or think about someone like Brandon or someone like my mom and go, well, she'd be really good at this and I'm just not good at it, you know? Or I can say, hey, this is a part of me. God created me this way. Let's roll, you know? <laughs> and, and I always want to be more flexible in it, but let's use it to my adv- advantage for now, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it's important to find the, the that you stress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, that is helpful. And where do we feel that feeling? And where does it start to increase where we start to feel anxiety that can impair us? But they always say that like, I always say that like on a scale of one to 10, when we're talking about anxiety and panic attacks and all that stuff, if we're at like a two, that's like when you're, when you're about ready to go in to take a test that you've studied for, you know, and you're like, if you're good at test taking, I don't know, this is an, an example for me personally. <laughs> I always like taking tests. So, so I loved like studying hard and memorizing everything and having my note cards and then, and then going into the test and just knowing I'm going to do it. And I'm so excited, but I'm also stressed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's that good level. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that's another good concept to add to this is like, we're pushing away from the shame towards hope, towards that growth mindset, but also we're we're doing it in a way where we're still feeling pumped and motivated. This is a fun conversation. Awesome. I'm inspired to go finish my Cultivate What Matters sheets, you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So maybe what because we're getting we're getting here on time. Maybe if we go around one by one and say just one one good closing thought for our audience today, for your audience, for our audience, for anyone listening, one good closing thought that you have in terms of setting goals and moving into the new year and maybe keeping them sustainable or what I don't know, whatever whatever closing thought you have. So whoever wants to go first. I'll go because I'll just piggyback on that distinction that Suzette made between you stress and distress reminded me of the distinction Brene Brown makes between guilt and shame. Yeah. That guilt, and I'm paraphrasing, but guilt is psychological discomfort or cognitive dissonance. It's something we've done that betrays our values, which is actually helpful. Guilt, yeah. which we kind of, kind of gets a bad rap, and, and there can be toxic guilt for sure, but guilt is actually can be that, that you stress, that motivating factor to change. Whereas shame is the feeling that I'm bad, um, that not just what I've done uh, is bad, but that I'm bad at my core. So guilt is a motivating factor. Shame is never a good motivating factor. It's a, it's a crappy mm-hmm. engine. And so I think uh, along this conversation of setting goals, it's on some level embracing eustress and embracing appropriate guilt, guilt that's signaling to us, hey, I'm living out of touch with my values. You actually want to respond to that voice. Mm-hmm. What you want to reject is the voice of shame, you know, which easier said than done, but you want to reject the voice of shame that uh, says that I'm bad. Because if, if you're, I, I think one of the themes we've drawn out in this conversation is if that's what's motivating you towards change and towards transformation, that engine is going to poop out on you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, hey, everybody, avoid, avoid, label shame this New Year's and then avoid it and choose a constructive path instead. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's good. Um, I would say my one little takeaway would be, um, I mean, I guess it, it, it ties in with what Brandon said, but I would say to extend grace to yourself, try to build in some form of growth mindset so that, you know, um, so that you are continuing to move forward, um, but setting those realistic goals um, and counting your wins. I mean, um, when you do things that you said that you wanted to do, like recognize that, pause and celebrate yeah. and recognize that because that will help create some fuel to keep moving forward. And so I would I would definitely say that. I also, I mean, I don't want to convert 
anyone to like the word of the year thing, but I have found that to be really helpful. So if you haven't done that, if that's something that you're interested in, I fully support you (coughs) identifying a word that you use as your overarching what you're wanting to kind of do or how you're wanting to grow this year. So. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And I think just to piggyback on the giving yourself grace thing, I think one thing that's helpful for me, aside from, you know, what's the smallest step you could take, I think is paying attention to the trend lines, not the headlines, right? So maybe the headline of the day is, well, I, I ate this whole pie and I was trying to eat healthier. But if you, if you <laughs> zoom out a little bit, you can say, okay, well, I've been moving in the right direction. I've been uh, drinking more water. I've been, you know, and that's obviously just the healthy example, but whatever the thing is, you know, zooming out from, well, I failed in this moment, but saying, well, look, let's look at the trend of what's happening. I'm moving in the right direction. I'm moving towards where I want to be. And so this one time where I didn't do whatever it was, that's not kind of the end all be all. It's a good one. I think mine ties along well with the desire line concept of like kind of finding this path that that works in a way that may not work for other people and isn't what you were taught to do by others. I think for me, you want to trust, you want to lean into a system, find a system, lean into it and try it. And don't roll your eyes at parts of it and skip it, but really lean in as as well as you can. And then figure out, but then don't be subject. Don't hold the system as the only thing to trust. And so you want to make sure that you can that you can lean in in a way where you're trying it, but then you're taking what works and leaving behind what doesn't work. But lean into it first. So for me, the word of the year thing is something that I've always rolled my eyes at. Like said, I don't need that. Oh my gosh, that's for this kind of person. That's you know what awesome. I mean? Awesome. <laughs> but but that's part of cultivate what matters. The program. And so I've decided, okay, I'm committing to this. I'm spending sixty bucks on this book. So I'm going to commit to this process and I'm going to see how it goes. And then I'm going to lean in and I'm going to do the word of the year. And the pro- I just picked it like last week. I think I, I think I DM Tali about it because I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, what it is? Sure. It's authority. It's awesome. Which is a weird thing, but it's like, but leaning into it, I'm so excited. Not because it has to, not because I have to be good at this thing or whatever, but because I can claim a theme and move through it, which is how my brain works anyway. And I'll tell you why my word is authority. My word is authority because I've realized that I often feel like I am a victim of my circumstances when I have the more than anyone I know because I own my own business and I create my own projects and I don't have kids and my husband's super loving and low maintenance and supportive. Y'all, I get to do whatever I want basically whenever I want to do it. (laughs) And so I'll often feel like I'm a victim of something that I am not a victim of. I design my own schedule. I don't have a boss. Like there's just, I have a lot of freedom in my life and I've created my job to be that on purpose, but I'll still feel like I'm a victim of something. And so I've decided to take authority in the places where I feel like I don't have any power because the reality is, is that I'm not powerless in any of these situations. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's true for a lot of people but I need to remain grateful for the fact that I'm able to be, have this life. You know what I mean? Mm. So, so yeah. authority is my word. My husband is very proud of me because he's the one that's been whispering in my ear for 10 years. Like you're kind of acting like a victim in this situation and you're not a victim. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So Holly, I'm converted to the word of the year. I'm in, but I've that's been awesome. my eyes about it for years. That's <laughs> no, awesome. that's awesome. I love it. 
So sometimes you can't trust a system until you really try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're yeah. doing a system that is like a planner or something, pick something pretty. This is just for those that it's valuable. Pick something pretty that you want to keep picking up, that you love how it looks and you love how it feels. So then you develop a relationship with it. That's what I always tell people about their journals. Pick a journal that you think is pretty. Right. That's awesome. Um, well, hey, if you liked this conversation, you should go listen to The Desire Line and you should go listen to CXMH. Just subscribe Yay. to them both and uh, maybe Yay. you'll discover a whole new thing. Typically, I don't know how y'all do it. Uh, typically, we do a wrap up where I list off how to connect with everyone. There is too many things to list. We'll toss them all in the show notes. So go down okay. there and uh, link up with everybody. Follow everybody on social media everywhere. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, thank you to y'all for yeah. setting hey, up great this. Great being with you, know. you. Thank you. Yeah, this was thank a lot of fun. Thanks, y'all. Hope we did it. Yeah, we did. It. <laughs> we did. Hope y'all have a good day. God bless yep. us, everyone. All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Thanks for listening to the CXMH podcast. Want to score some major brownie points? Leave us five stars and an honest review on iTunes. Follow us on social media at CXMH podcast and email us with questions, comments, and interview requests at CXMHpodcast at gmail.com. A final note. If you're in a dark place today, struggling with suicidal thoughts, you are not alone. Professional help is available 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255.